It's the Country 104.9 Mornings with Matt and Fatty podcast. All those single-use plastics, the straws, the stir sticks, they're going to be going out the window this year. So the plastic straws you get from Mickey D's, stir sticks you get from coffee places, going to be gone by the end of this year. Plastic beer rings going to be gone by this time next year. Okay. And then all single-use plastics, all of them, going to be gone by 2025. Get out! Yeah, that's good news, actually. All these plastics. I saw my first cardboard bread tag in the wild. Look at you. Yeah, so some bread tags are already converted. That's not going up a turtle's nose. We all saw that video of the straw that went up the turtle's nose. Yes. And we all thought that every single plastic straw just went up every turtle's nose out in the ocean. Well, and same with these plastic rings. They're terrible. Like a seagull or something will get in there and then they're flying around with plastic ring around there. Yeah, they seagulls don't want, will eat them and stuff. They don't want that necklace. Saw something, I think it was a beer maker out of the U.S. had a six-pack ring, but it was made out of this edible material so like if it gets in the ocean the fish can actually eat it oh that's a good idea and feed it to ducks and stuff they should make it so it's edible for humans like dorito flavored or something you think cheetos should make a six-pack ring the cheetos six-pack holder because <laughs> sometimes when you have a beer you're suddenly craving some snacks it's true you're drinking you want some carbs to kind of absorb the alcohol yeah six-pack ring doritos totally genius idea uh, but the issue is people are touching those Customers at the LCBO, everybody's going to be touching that. Well, they could cover it in plastic. Problem solved. There's an unusual property up for sale in Missouri. It was an 1800s themed tourist attraction, like a little theme park where you would go there and you'd see people churning butter and learn about the old ways. It sounds like a riot. Sounds like a great field trip. Hey, kids, you want to go watch what they did 200 years ago? No, you don't? Okay. You'd rather stay on your phone. Oh, there's two cabins. There's a mail, schoolhouse, general store, a jail, blacksmith shop. The, the whole, whole town. Whole thing's up for sale. 295000 That's pretty good for a whole town. Gosh, yeah. What you'd get for 295000 here. In Huron County? A shack. You get a shed in Ethel. Yeah. That's about it. That's all you'd get. So that's a pretty good deal here. And plus, you could churn butter and do stuff. <laughs> do they have a store where you can buy butter instead of churning it? Can I buy it? <laughs> Maybe. My worry would be buying this thing and then it's so authentically old that you end up getting an old-timey disease like consumption. You just set foot on the property and, <laughs> I got the consumption! Mr. Hussey, you have a Victorian wasting disease. Oh, no. That hasn't existed since 1872. Why did I buy this property? (laughs) Mr. Hussey, you have the first case of polio in 70 years, but you only had to pay $300,000 for it. True. So there was heat warnings in Winnipeg over the weekend. In fact, they broke some records on Sunday. It felt like 40-something. couple there had their wedding. That day. Did they have it outdoors? Outdoors. Oof. In the sun, not even under a tent. So they were debating, (laughs) do we go ahead with the wedding or not? And they did. Nobody died, so everyone was okay. I think they had extra water on hand. Why is the benchmark nobody died? (laughs) (laughs) It'd be terribly uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Would would, would you even bother going? This is is one of the few areas where women have the advantage in this world. Women's formal wear breathable and show some skin and still be elegant. Guys are wearing the three-piece wool suits. It's a nightmare. Designers need to come up with fancier tank tops 
and gym shorts. Yeah, an elegant that, muscle shirt. Just something we could wear to a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. A formal banana hammock. Maybe put a little collar on it somehow or there something. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we you, need options. You know what? Just go full Chippendales, just shirtless, Speedo, bow tie. Yes. Boom. That's it. You'll be the talk of the wedding for a lot of reasons. This story caught our attention. Over in Montreal, the police are wanting people to slow down in school zones, as they should. But they're using the children to do it. So they've rigged up these backpacks that have the radar light signs on them. You know, like there's one over in Carlo. If you get below 60 there, you get a little happy face. So they have the digital sign on the backpack. Tells you how fast you're going. So they figure if they strap these backpacks on children on the schoolyard, that drivers will ride by and they'll be more aware, oh, there's kids here and I shouldn't be speeding. But doesn't that mean the kids have to be close to the road where the drivers are speeding? Yes, this is why this is so stupid. (laughs) Using the kids, I'd be so distracted because first of all, you're not expecting to see a backpack all lit up and then there'd be this weird brain thing going on where you're realizing, wait a second, that backpack is recording how fast I'm going. I'd be so confused wondering what's going on, I might accidentally swerve off the road. Well, you know and, what I mean? And then you know some people are going to be like, ha, 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 that kid has a speed radar. Let's see if we can drive 69 kilometers an hour. They do that in Carlo all the time. <laughs> and then they're going to be, I do that in Carlo too. I'm like, let's see if we can hit 69. Ha, ha, ha. And Trish the Dish laughed the first time, but the last nine times she didn't. You have a bowl of cereal every morning. You have some cream in your coffee. Price is going to go up a little bit. So the Canadian Dairy Commission approved a two cents per liter price increase on milk. It's going to come into effect September 1st. You might have thought, hey, didn't milk just go up in price? It did in February by six cents. I've actually researched getting a cow, but I'm not allowed to get a cow here in town. You can't have a cow in town. Yeah, because I was thinking, wouldn't it be great just to have a cow in the backyard? That might be the way to go, right? Because you still want to support the dairy industry. Mm-hmm. The milk price is kind of expensive, so maybe you go buy a dairy cow. Yeah. And then you can go outside in the morning with a mouthful of Cap'n Crunch, and you just get the milk right from the cow. Forget farm to fork. Farm to mouth. Mmm, warm. Mm -mm. Story last week in Beaverton, Ontario. Just up the way on Lake Simcoe, there was a bear outside. They shut the school down. Happened again yesterday. Second lockdown. Bear outside the school, locked the (laughs) school down. Everybody okay. Apparently, the bears are becoming a nuisance now. They talk to wildlife experts. They say, yeah, the bears are getting comfortable in town. Apparently, they're such a nuisance now. The bear that was seen yesterday, it parked its transport truck. In downtown Beaverton, it had signs that said Mall Trudeau and uh, end the pandates, which I think is the panda version of mandates. Okay. Yeah, but the the Beaverton Town Council, they acted quickly. They shut down the bears, go fund me. So the bear has moved on now. There is actually a funny ending to this story, though. And this part's totally true. <laughs> the bear was seen minutes later cooling off in somebody's pool because yeah. it was really hot yesterday. Just chilling in the pool. And if you're wondering, do bears crap in the pool? The answer is yes. So this happened in Vermont. Police arrived Tuesday to this place to arrest this 24-year-old guy named Brandon. And Brandon's parents had other plans. You can't trust a Brandon. Yeah, isn't it always a Brandon? His mom, Amy. So she started holding on to her son, and then she started wrestling with the police. This was all caught on video. Like fun wrestling? Oh, yeah, they're rolling on the ground. Like play wrestling, or was this for reals? No, she's like, you're going to have to take me first. Meanwhile, dad, Wayne, 
He gets into the cab of an excavator, starts going at the police with the, the excavator bucket while they're fighting the mom. Dad's doing this. And the, the police were saying, like, they don't train us for this at the academy. How to fight an excavator. This was an unusual weapon for someone to use. Yeah, that's like that movie Alien. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver gets in the big robot and fights <laughs> the alien. <laughs> alien didn't have a hope. It makes me think, though, around here, maybe Lavis. We need like a special unit that yeah. works with the police in the event that somebody uses an ex- excavator as a weapon. It just makes sense because the new OPP head office is in Clinton. Mm-hmm. Lavis is just down the way in Holmesville. This makes total sense. So Lavis Construction could have like a special, like the Lavis Armored Construction Tactical Assault Team Ensemble. That's a good name for it. Or lactate for short. Perfect. So if you hear police calling for the lactate unit, you better run. So during the pandemic, a lot of families stayed close to home. Well, we couldn't travel anywhere. And then some people invested their money in a backyard swimming pool. And so therefore, more people having pools, which more people need chlorine for. And now there's a bit of a chlorine shortage. Liquid chlorine. Ew, so there's a bunch of gross green pools sitting around now? Well, I think people are getting what they need, but they're limiting customers to 10 liters of chlorine per visit at a, at a pool supply place in Oshawa, saying, we haven't been able to get chlorine. So if someone invites you to a pool party, maybe you should ask them, does your pool use liquid chlorine? Is it clean? Is it clean? Are your kids going to be sweating in it and peeing in it? Kids all come out green. Dude, you go to Lake Huron, man. We got to... Big fat pool right next door. I know. We literally live on the shores of the biggest pool around. Or is that something poor people say? I think so. Is that something people who can't afford a pool say? It's like, well, just go swim in the... It's just as... Yeah. It's it's like when your dad says, ah, we got McDonald's at home. We don't need a pool. We live beside the biggest pool in Canada, pretty much. You're broke, dad. You have a sister who has a pool. (laughs) Yeah. And you just swim in her pool. I do. Isn't it nice to have siblings with money? It's nice because my vacation is when they go on vacation, I go live at their place and by the pool. I just plant myself by the pool. So I'm always like, when are you going to go on vacation? Can you go on vacation already? Leave already. So I can have your pool for Let the me week? use your pool. <laughs> Wearing their robes and lingerie and stuff when they leave. I'll take what I can get. Going through their drawers. Mm-hmm. Wearing all their unmentionables. So gas, obviously, super expensive. A lot of people stealing gas now, trying to get it for free, stealing gas from other hardworking people who paid for it. It's like gold. So this happened out in Alberta, uh, near uh, Vilna, Alberta, out in the country, way out in the boonies. There's somebody trying to steal gas. Uh, This rural property owner noticed this person stealing gas. And like a lot of rural property owners, they happen to have firearms with them. A lot of rural property owners are Hunters. And apparently a firearm was discharged. I like to imagine he stepped out on the porch and said, get off my land. There was a firearm discharge, but nobody hurt. No. And uh, somebody is being arrested for a whole bunch of crimes for trying to steal some gas from somebody's vehicle. You just don't do that in the country, dude. You want to steal gas, you go in town to do it. Town of Goderich, Bayfield. Nobody's going to fight you in those towns. That's where you steal the gas. You go out to the country, they're riding tractors all day. They're cutting the balls off bulls. They're tough. You go into the city, they can barely hold up their own heads. A story coming out of Stainer area, not too far from Huron County. It was this guy who was fleeing from police on a dirt bike. It was a dirt bike. This thing can ride in dirt, apparently. It's a dirt bike. 
So you'd think, well, and I can escape the police by going in the dirt. So he drove into a farmer's field, this 22-year-old gentleman, on his dirt bike and got stuck. Got stuck in the field, got stuck, and then he got arrested, son. He just gave up. It sounds like he didn't start running or anything. He's just like, ah, oh, the dirt got me. Dude, those farmer's fields are big. You can't run through those. You get exhausted. You need a dirt bike to get through them. This guy's dirt bike got stuck, uh, facing charges for having no insurance, no plates, and failing to stop for the police. My goodness. Oh, that's tough, man, getting stuck in a farmer's field. Wouldn't it be just poetic justice? There's a fresh layer of manure. Oh, yeah, you get stuck in the crap, and, and then on top of it all, maybe it's a rutabaga field. Ew! Yeah, so it's to smell the rutabagas. <laughs> There was this wedding mix-up in Chicago. Terrible mix-up. Grandmother passes away. And she wanted to be buried in her wedding dress because her husband was buried in his tuxedo from the wedding. Okay. Is that a normal thing? Well, you, you want to wear your best in the casket. And wedding dresses are expensive, so fair enough. The funeral people went to pick out the outfit that she was going to wear in this closet and grabs the wedding dress. Closed casket, too. So no one notices what she's wearing. She's buried. A couple of weeks later, granddaughter, who's getting married, notices that her wedding dress is gone. What? Her wedding dress and grandma's old wedding dress were stored in the same closet. They couldn't tell the difference between a wedding dress worn by a 90-year-old woman and a modern-day wedding dress <laughs> that a 20-something's going to wear? They mixed up. And so this girl's $2,300 wedding dress is now six feet underground. <laughs> we're digging grandma up and we're getting that $2,300? No, you're not. Uh, uh, oh, it'd be uh, disgusting. I'm tearing that dress out of her cold, dead hands is what I'm doing for that much money. Two grand? Are you that cheap? Yes! Yes, Matthew! How long uh, have you known me? Grandma doesn't care. She's dead. This is a, this She is, doesn't have feelings anymore. Well, there's no coming back from this mistake. You just can't. I think she wears the grandma's dress in honor of her grandmother, and then it all is good. Okay. Right? That's you, what you do. Have you decided what you're going to wear in the box? No. Well, I don't know what I'm going to look like upon my death. I mean, I, <laughs> you're going to wear You're going to wear your paper boy hat, though, right? That paper boy hat's going in there with you. Probably. One it's or two of your toques. It's iconic for me, the paper boy hat. It is. And I'm still planning on losing... 10 to 15 pounds, so... Yeah, come on, man. You're going to lose that when you decompose on the ground. You're not losing 20 pounds. <laughs> it's hey. six. All this nonsense going on in the Ukraine right now. Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A lot of companies pulling out of Russia. We've told you about McDonald's. Starbucks was another company that pulled out. Nike is the latest one to say, our stores are shutting down, son. Bye. Shutter the doors. You live in Russia, you want to order Nike online? Well, you can't do it anymore. Nike's taking a hikey. Oh, shame on you. <laughs> Nike said, Nyet! to sales in Russia. That's Russian for no, for those who didn't know. I just learned that, by the way. That's kind of tough, right? No more Nike. There's that cliche, and I know it's a cliche, it might not be true, of the Russians wearing tracksuits. Right. And it's usually a Nike or an Adidas tracksuit. Yeah. Wearing. Who's going to make these tracksuits now for them? But all those nice Nike shoes, now Russians are going to have to wear Asics like a bunch of animals. Every city loves it when Garth Brooks comes to town. because <laughs> Do they? Well, there's such a buzz when he goes to a town. He only has two dates in Canada, both in Edmonton. And apparently, as soon as these tickets went on sale, all the hotels... We're booked up immediately. There's a 150% increase 
and many people making a whole weekend out of it. He's such a beloved artist, right? And so Edmonton's just going to be buzzing all it's, weekend long. It's the Brooks bump. The Brooks bump. And, and this happens around here, too, when we have festivals. Like Lucknow's Music in the Fields, there's that the Bud Light boost. Yeah, all those people renting trailers at Music in the Fields. It happens. Goderich Celtic Roots Festival. They bring a lot of business to Goderich that week. The town knows it as the fiddle effect. Or the Zurich Bean Festival, the flatulence factor, they call it. Around here, we often have problems with invasive species. And one thing they're really watching for the Great Lakes is the Asian carp. And there's a lot of them out there in some of the Great Lakes. And they want people to catch them and eat them. But for some reason, when it's called Asian carp, uh, it doesn't sound as appetizing. So they thought that they would change the name of the Asian carp. Who changed the name? This this was the um, natural resources people in the United States. They want to get on this problem. They say it's actually a very delicious fish and they want to change it to kopi. And oh, they So instead of Asian carp, it's called kopi. Yeah. Like, so if you're having kopi tacos or kopi burgers on the menu, they tried this at some of the state fairs. And when they changed the name to kopi, people were like, mm, that fish is good. Okay. Yeah. I would try some kopi. Kopi. Where's the kopi? Do you have some? I don't have any, but uh, apparently the kopi has reached Lake Huron. So if you catch some of these, you can eat them and apparently they're delicious. But maybe we should get on top of other things. It seems like the geese population is out of control. Oh, the geese are nuts. We should just call those angry chicken. And maybe people would eat them. (laughs) I would totally eat an angry chicken. I think it's illegal, but... You you don't have to know it's actual angry chicken. Maybe someday. Just tell people it's regular chicken. Or deer. Sometimes the deer population get out of control. Maybe call them roast Bambi. Mm. Mm. No, that doesn't help. What are we having for dinner, Dad? We're having roast Bambi, sweetheart. It's like roast beef, but different. (laughs) It's like roast beef, but more scared for its mom. This is a nice story out of Nanaimo, B.C. There was this eagle that went out to get some food for the eaglets. And there's a camera on this nest, so people get to watch what's going on. I love those nature cameras. And this weird thing happened where mom comes back with a red-tailed hawk in her mouth. Like a baby red-tailed hawk? Yeah, and they believe it was meant to be dinner because they'll sometimes invade a hawk nest. Yeah, they're cannibal. They'll eat other birds. They'll eat other birds, yeah. yeah. And so it drops the red-tailed hawk into the nest for the eaglets, and the red-tailed hawk, still alive, just starts begging for food. And it opens its mouth like the yeah, other like, birds. Like the other birds, like, yeah, I just got to, like, pretend I'm one of them. And birds are pretty much lizards with feathers, so they're dumb. So the mom that had the food now sees a baby bird with its mouth open and just decides to start feeding it. Yeah, and now it's part of the family. So they're raising this red-tailed hawk in the eagle's nest. So either this red-tailed hawk tricked them or just the mom instincts kicked in and thought, oh, I guess I have another child now. Whatever the case, it's a nice story of a life saved. Oh, that's nice. Well, this is how I found my family. Did I ever tell you this story? I was dropped off at uh, the Hussey residence and lots of kids. There's nine, nine kids in my now family. The parents that I had just dropped me off at the door, opened the door. I opened my mouth and <laughs> the lady just started throwing cereal in my mouth. Next thing you know, I'm one you're of the crew. One, one of the Husseys. It's a nice story. That story's not, you're not adopted. <laughs> Who would choose you? Oh. <laughs> 
Kids almost done school. Might be planning a trip. Maybe earlier this year you had a road trip planned and then the gas prices happened and you're like, well, forget that. I've heard it costs 900 bucks to fill up an RV. I, so, I, would, <laughs> I, I would believe $900 seems like a lot. We're going to stay in the uh, driveway this year, kids. Uh, yeah. We're vacationing to the end of the driveway. Now, CAA did a survey, asked people, are gas prices affecting your travel? 64% of people, so almost two-thirds saying, yeah, our travel plan's affected by high fuel prices. My wife and I had this discussion yesterday. We were wanting to go visit our kids out west, and it's like, no, nah, not with the fuel prices. We love you kids, but you're too expensive. The gas prices are tearing families apart. This is true. Sorry, kids. We can't afford to go to Grand Bend this summer. Instead, we're taking you to Bayfield. But, Dad, it smells like hemp and dirty ponchos there. Stop crying or we're going to Varna instead. There was this woman in Philadelphia named Robin Borlando. Now, she's been a grandmother, mother, city worker, done all kinds of things. But when she was 16, she was a lifeguard. But it turns out in Philadelphia, they want to get all their pools open, but they don't have enough lifeguards. So she's stepping up at the age of 70 now to be a lifeguard. She's going back to it. A few years ago, I would have said, ooh, <laughs> senior citizen lifeguard, are they going to be able to drag people out of the water? Since I moved to Huron County, I've seen some jacked seniors. Yeah, I've seen some 70-year-olds that could totally... I would trust a 70-year-old maybe more than a 16-year-old to grab my lifeless body out of the pool. <laughs> if your body's lifeless, you don't need a senior to drag it out. Just They'll just get the coroner to do it, <laughs> get this, the dive team. But it's so interesting when somebody who's had a whole other career just all of a sudden goes back to a job, more of a kid kind of job, you know what I mean? Well, you had this experience because before radio, you worked at a grocery store. Yeah, and one of my teachers decided they were bored in retirement and came and worked for me. And then you were their boss. It was so weird. You like, were your old teacher's boss. Sort of, yeah. Like, I, I, Mr. Cowman, can you sweep the floor? It just felt so weird. <laughs> Sir, please. <laughs> Well, we've got that friend who fills up the milk and stuff over at the grocery store. Yeah, we have a listener. Well, I don't want to say his name offhand, but he's, he I think, a retired police yeah, officer. Yeah, And got a part-time job working at the grocery store. And we see him, and we're like, hey, how's it going, buddy? And I still think of him as a police officer. I, I know him from the gym, so I think of him as the shirtless guy in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> he knows who he is, and we love him. We're not making fun. No one shoplifts over there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'll strong arm you. Oh, he can't steal the milk over there. Do not shoplift at the Food Basics in Godridge. No. He will rough you yeah. up. You always have to be careful when you're consuming candy or anything anymore because weed's legal in our country. I don't know. It's pretty clearly weed candy, though. It's got the big pot symbol on it. It tastes like weed candy. Like, weed candy tastes like... So there's a taste, right? Yeah, a little bit. Well, there was this bus driver. He's got a perfect record. He's worked for this bus company in Las Vegas for 10 years. He had no idea, but he was snacking on candy with weed in it. Hold on, is that the official story? I had no idea there was cannabis in this candy. Well, that's what you would say. But it seems like the case because he he was munching on this candy while he was driving. Next thing you know, there's passengers on the bus, 38 passengers. He's pulling over and he just falls asleep. Yeah, it'll do that. That's what happens to me too. But the passengers on the bus are like, um, are you just napping or what? So then they called the police, of course. And then this is what happened. He was eating some fruit chews that had... Some THC in them. There you go. Good for that guy. You got to watch that kind of thing. Does he keep his job? Is he keeping his job? Well, I think he's arguing that it was a mistake. 
But I'm wondering if he just got this on the bus. He's in Vegas. I wonder if people leave things behind and would you eat it? Maybe. He's cleaning out the bus at the end of a shift and, hey, there's some candy. I'll eat that tomorrow yeah, on my yeah. run. You know what? I'm, I'm projecting because our Canadian cannabis candies here, I've gotten them and they come in little packets. They got the little cannabis leaf, right. red, red leaf on them. So they're clearly identifiable. I don't know if they're like in Vegas. Maybe they look like the real fruit juice candies. Mm-hmm. And he was eating those. So yeah, so that's a tough that's a tough one in Las Vegas though. But you don't have to worry about good old Huron County school bus drivers. They always do their edibles after they drop the kids off. Yes, they're respectable. Well, this might be the ultimate screw up at a job. Someone at this school in Alaska accidentally served the children floor sealant instead of milk. Do they look the same? Well, this was their excuse. Yeah, both come in a powdered form at the school. And it was one of those milk dispensers. <laughs> you put some kind of white powder in it and it turns into milk. And their excuse was that, well, to be fair, the milky white substance was being stored in the same area as the floor sealant substance. That doesn't make your case any better. Why are you storing the floor sealant beside the milk stuff when it looks exactly the same? Okay, so... Kids drank this? <laughs> yes, they drank it. That's like saying, yeah, we store the blue rat poison right next to this grape juice. It's not my fault. Hey, grape juice is purple, buddy. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> but what a stupid excuse. Did you have? <laughs> did you grow up with grape drink? Did you grow up with the green grape drink? Yeah. <laughs> like Kool-Aid or something? I don't know. It's just grape drink. It's not grape juice. There's no grapes technically in it. It's like they made a grape juice without ever knowing what grapes tasted like. It's like Tang. Yeah. Like Tang is supposed to be orange drink, but there's no orange to be seen. Oh, that stuff was brutal. Remember that orange crap they used to serve at McDonald's? I love that orange crap. It, it wasn't carbonated or anything. No. It was just like an orange drink that was at every picnic. It was like nine parts sugar and one part water. But it made your poo orange. <laughs> Did it, it? It was terrible for you. I, I swear it just cleaned me out every time. I don't remember that. But it's uh, there's a reason that's not around anymore. I love that stuff. Maybe yeah. it was floor sealant. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. But uh, none of these kids hospitalized. Apparently, some of them were complaining that the milk tasted funny at the school in Alaska. No, they were saying, it's burning my throat. <laughs> like it was burning their throats. But they are okay. <laughs> Did they sound like Ralph from The Simpsons too? Yes. We just want to come on here and tell you that story and, and let you know that nothing like that ever happens in Huron County. No. They're, they're very safe about that. Like at Brookside Public School, and they're luck, no. Every child starts their morning with a nice, safe glass of turpentine. It's very good for them. I love unusual festivals. And there's this really weird one that happened over the weekend in Spain called the Baby Jumping Festival. And it's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. It's ridiculous. Actually, it's weirder than it sounds like. So any babies that were born throughout the year, they bring them into the town square and they put them on mattresses. And then these dudes dressed up as devils run around the streets as they're being chased by priests. <laughs> okay, so there's... Hold on. It's weird. So there's priests chasing devils around. Yes. Where do the babies on the mattresses come into play? The devils jump over the babies. Why? Because it cures them of original sin, apparently. <laughs> The devils jump over the babies, and then the priests go up to the mattresses and say, 
Here, you're cleared of original sin. Oh, the Spaniards are doing it right. It's just this quirky, weird festival that they have. It's just like at the Dungannon Super Bowl. They get all the uh, kindergarten kids from Sacred Heart Elementary in Wingham. They get right. them to lay under a ramp and a tractor flies over them. I know. Every year. And it's Sacred Heart, so it's a Catholic school. Kids also cured of original sin. That's right. It's the whole point of the Dungannon Super Bowl, I think. So you know how when musicians come to a venue and sometimes they demand things, like Madonna, for example, demands a new toilet seat installed at every washroom she's going to use. You hear about some artists who demand only white Smarties? Yeah. Like they'll only eat the white ones, so you got to weed out the red and the purple ones. So you were telling me about something you were going to do to a friend you're going to visit in Minnesota. Yeah, I play Nintendo with this group all around America, and a few of us are going to meet in Minneapolis, Minnesota next month, and we're staying at uh, this guy Dave's house. Really nice dude. He's putting us up. I realize now it kind of sounds silly, but I I felt like asking, hey, if I order you a bidet for your toilet, if I'll, I'll pay for it. I'll have it shipped to your house. I'll even install it when I get there, but would, would it be an unreasonable thing to ask? Can we have this on your toilet while we stay there? Trish and I are used to having a bidet on our toilets. We want one when we're in Minnesota. And I get this because I have a bidet. You got one for Christmas. Yeah, for Christmas. And I refuse to even go to the washroom here without one. <laughs> so you're a toilet elitist too. I'm a toilet elitist like yourself. But I wouldn't demand the, the, the place I'm going to stay install one because I'm staying at their house. It sounds like you think you're better than them. Like I'm not going to crap like a commoner. Poo like an American. What a poo like a Canadian. So I don't know how you go about this. I suppose if you're offering to buy it, they might be like, well, yeah, I'd like to have one, actually. Yeah, so I, I just don't know how to broach it. Yeah, they also might just say like, oh, don't even come then. You think you're so much better than us. You might as well stay in Canada with your health care and your clean butt. <laughs> This law went into effect on Friday. So this was the first weekend you could take advantage of the right to disconnect law. Pretty much says if you work full time and you're after hours and your boss tries to get a hold of you, you do not have to respond to emails, to calls, text messages. Nothing. So you can choose what you respond to, basically. So if the boss texts you, hey, Steve called in sick again, can you work? You just don't even have to respond now. Or... It's Brenda's birthday. We're having cake. Well, you can respond to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, where did you put those files for the Emerson report? <laughs> you don't reply until Monday. No. That's an email you get. Maybe you get a text that says, Janet brought oatmeal cookies. You reply immediately. Oh, you get to work right away. You get a text that Janet brought her oatmeal cookies with raisins. You don't respond to that. Oh, we see all kinds of things on Facebook. Somebody posted on one of those local sites up in Grey Bruce that's, uh, I don't know if this is the right place for this, but... And then people post things like, hey, I need a wheelbarrow to move some dirt. Does anyone have a wheelbarrow I could borrow? Yeah, stuff like that. And yeah. then this person, we're going to warn you, just uh, touch PG. Somebody posted because they needed help with their dogs. The dog's having issues with anal glands. And so she took to Facebook to say, does anyone know how I can help my dogs pee or poo or whatever? And could you come over and give me a crash course? It's an unusual request for Facebook. And you would think there'd be some people making <laughs> some potty humor. I know. But the comments were overwhelmingly helpful. I actually learned something. There's 27 comments. Some of them are sharing videos of how to do this and... Some people saying, hey, I have this with my dogs. I'd be more than willing to help. Isn't that nice? People will help 
even if it sounds disgusting. That's really nice. Yeah. But it's, it's also weird because this person talks about anal glands and everybody's super helpful. And I ask about anal glands and they tell me to leave the Wendy's. Last week of school for the kids. Last week's always the best, right? Teachers bring in candy and stuff. So you're never learning anything. Well, it's don't say that. Maybe the teachers aren't bringing candy and the kids will be like, the guys on the radio said you should bring candy. Mom, the radio <laughs> person said candy would be there. There wasn't candy and I cried. I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore. No? Bring candy. I well, don't know. We always got popcorn and stuff. Uh, whatever. Yeah, the bus driver even gave out pop on the last day of school. What? Yeah. The bus driver would have a stash on when I was a kid. That's awesome. Yeah. So this happened out of Elmvale. It's at this uh, Catholic school, Our Lady of Lords Catholic School in Elmvale. Van drove through the fence and crashed into the playground at the school. Like just accidentally. Yeah, it was a careless driving issue. But thankfully, all the kids were inside. No, nobody hurt in this situation. Driver seems to be okay as well. They're facing one careless driving charge. But kind of scary, right? Kids may be looking out the window, see a van plow through the playground. Oh, that's a good thing they weren't on recess. I kind of bring this up because you can see a photo of the play equipment. And the play equipment's really nice. And it kind of bummed me out because kids have really cool play equipment now. We didn't have stuff that nice growing up. No, we used to have those slides that burnt your legs yes. growing up. <laughs> they were metal, they were and bad. they burned so bad. Like, I actually have burns, scars on my feet still. This is a true story. Uh, the school I went to growing up in South London, the slide was like a red hard plastic, and it had a nail that stuck out at the bottom for years. <laughs> It would cut you and rip your clothes and stuff, and nobody did anything about it. You just avoided the nail. But everyone knew the nail was there. You knew the nail was there. People would warn you of the nail, and you just, when you were sliding, you slid to the one side to avoid the nail. We used to have one of those spinny things, the whirly birds at East Wawanosh <laughs> School, but it was a fancy one where you could sit on it, and then you'd get it going at ungodly speeds. But kids could fall into the middle of it. There was a middle part full of bars and stuff. Incredibly dangerous. You, you get sucked into the middle. That's why nobody survived at East Wawanosh Public School. That's why it closed down. I think they just merged some schools, but I like to think it was the Whirly Bird that closed it down. Yeah, so all these safety standards, they are holding up, which is why this generation's so weak. I took up a new hobby. I found these rollerblades at a used place, <laughs> picked them up. The biggest challenge was just getting up on them. Once I was up on them, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to stroll around the community. And I'm trying to, you know, be more active. And I, I run and stuff. And I, I thought, well, another activity that's active would be nice for me. Just another thing. Yeah, another thing. But I felt really weird putting them on and, and going out into public with them. I don't know why. Just a grown man on rollerblades. Because I felt like I had this big smile on my face because it was fun in a childlike kind of way. But I also thought 47-year-old man rollerblading by your place and you're sitting on the porch. What's your th thoughts on this? If I just see a 47-year-old <laughs> man, I think he's dorky. <laughs> he's on rollerblades, get out of here. So, so I did pass by a porch and there was some young people. How, how young? Well, they were probably like 20s. And I couldn't help but think that they were kind of chuckling at me. <laughs> Look at that old guy trying to do rollerblades, you know? I haven't seen people rollerblade since the <laughs> 90s. It's fun, Remember though. my older brother had some rollerblades way back, and I think he used them for a couple of years and then got rid of them. Well, but, but on the flip side, I'm also at that age where I'm just like, I don't care what people think about me anymore. 
That's the, that's the comfort of getting old. You just, I don't care what people think. I've spent my whole life caring about what people think of me. If I want to strap on some rollerblades like I'm six years old and go down the street with a big grin on my face, I'm going to do it. Right. And okay, what other 90s activities are you going to do, Grandpa? Are you going to play some pogs? Yeah, maybe. We'll watch Boy Meets World on the WB? Sure. And then, but that TV show will be interrupted by a speech from Prime Minister Jean Chrétien. <laughs> it took me right back. And then you can go back to watching the OJ trial. KFC in Australia, they've come up with a solution to the lettuce shortage there's, they're having there. There's a lettuce shortage. Yeah, due to some flooding. They don't have any lettuce. And so they're putting cabbage on their burgers. Oh, no. On their chicken burgers. Is that a substitution? It's not even the same thing, is it? Is, ca- is cabbage old people food? Well, I it, like it cabbage. Seems like, it seems like one of those... <laughs> so you just confirmed cabbage <laughs> is in fact old people food. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind this. In fact, I might prefer the cabbage. I might try this and think... Why are we using lettuce? Oh, come on, Grandpa. You want cabbage instead of lettuce? Well, it's got a crunch to it. You eat those old people snack like chestnuts. My mom used to roast us chestnuts growing up. And she would say, we used to have these growing up. They were so good. And it just tastes like, like a gummy nut. Ugh. And there's no flavor to it. And it was nasty. And we're like, why are you making this? There's treats at the store. This isn't old-timey times. Um, we're, we're not the pioneers. I know. This isn't the Old West. Come well, on, mother. I'll never forget the time my mom tried to trick us all one Thanksgiving where she put squash in the pumpkin pie because she couldn't find pumpkin. And she didn't tell anybody? No. Thinking she'd fool us all with all the spices and stuff. We're all sitting around and no one wants to be rude, but we're just looking at each other, all us kids, like, there's something wrong with this, right? Which all sibling right. was the first one to speak up? Might have been me, actually. <laughs> no offense, but like, did you put any pumpkin in this pumpkin pie? And then your mom started crying. It was all stringy. It just tasted <laughs> like cold squash. Is that why your mom doesn't call you as much anymore? Maybe. It's been since that Thanksgiving, since you called out her squash pie. Yeah. My kids called me out once on a substitution I made. Oh, yeah, I remember oh. this. And yeah, no, your mom's not as egregious as the substitution you made. But you were making... What kind of uh, squash soup for your family? Yeah, I had some butternut squash going, and I was flavoring it all up, and there wasn't a much in the pot. And so I thought, well, there's got to be a way of making this soup bigger so it lasts longer. So I was kind of being cheap in a way. And I thought, well, why don't I put mangoes in the squash soup? Good Lord. So I got some frozen mangoes, pureed a bunch of them, added that to the soup. <laughs> Well, I figured it's the same color, so that'll work. They're both yellow. That'll fool them. Or orange. Yeah. Depending on their ripeness. Kids hated it. <laughs> oh, just disgusting. <laughs> what did Natalie's? Because your wife is so nice. She's such a nice lady. No, she didn't like it either. <laughs> and so I was stuck <laughs> eating mango soup for two weeks. Because oh, I'm not going to waste it. I grew up, you don't waste anything. So it was all on me to finish. Like, I'm going to eat this abomination even if it kills me. It was like soup meets smoothie. It was a weird thing. Ugh. But since then, I've had people send me recipes for a great mango butternut squash soup. It can be done. I just didn't do it well. I don't know, man. It's a weird combo. But- sounds messed up. Adding mango to a soup? I don't know, man. <laughs> You know what? You experiment with it, and you tell me how it goes. And if it's good, I'll try a spoonful. You know what's oddly good, though? One time I was at a cream, and I put butter in my coffee. 
actually tastes good. You put butter in your coffee? Yeah. There's countries that do that instead of cream. It's a dairy product. Those countries are developing, Matthew. It's a weird <laughs> substitution, but try it. It's good. Those countries don't have running water. The cat came back, you know, where old Mr. Johnson's trying to get rid of this cat. It always comes back. You might remember the song. But the cat came back the very next day. The cat came back. They thought he was a goner. But the cat came back. He just couldn't stay away. That's a very famous Fred Penner song. Fred Penner, childhood TV show host, sang a whole bunch of songs. And he did an interview recently where he says that song, The Cat Came Back. The verses used to be very violent, like the cat was avoiding explosions, trains crashing. And he said, people deal with that every day. And I, I don't want to have them be reminded of that. So yeah. I just changed it to... The cat was driven far away, but came back. It used to be very Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry-like. Looking at the old verses, I mean, there's a verse where the cat dressed up as Aladdin at a work Halloween party. Oh, and at one point, the cat was in a relationship with Johnny Depp, and it crapped in his bed. Uh, weird stuff in uh, the old version. The cat wanted to build a border wall with Mexico at one point. And then, for some reason, the cat went on stage at the Oscars and slapped a comedian. And then the cat <laughs> released a bunch of blue license plates, and police couldn't see them. So then the cat re-released the white license plate. And at one point, the cat drove its truck to Ottawa and blocked the streets. The old version is just full of stuff. I think the new version's pretty good. One more time. But the cat came back the very next day. The cat came back. They thought he was the gunner, but the cat came back. He just couldn't stay away. Cool event coming back to the Huron County Historic Jail behind the bars. It recreates what the historic jail was like between 1841 and 1911. And they're looking for volunteers right now to play inmates who are behind the bars. And people come and they'll ask you questions about the crimes you committed. You get to be in character. It's a very cool experience. It's really fun. My daughter did it. She was in jail because her parents were in jail. And so she had to help out in the kitchen. And we looked it up. And apparently that yeah. was a thing way back in the 1800s. If your parents went to jail, you'd have to go with them. Well, and the crime was poverty. They didn't have a home, so they just lived in the jail. Maybe we could give you some inspiration for criminals you could play and the crimes they committed against humanity. Well, some great old-fashioned characters like Ephraim Smith. He was accused of churning butter in an inappropriate manner. Scandalous. Ooh. Enoch Vanderheiden. In prison for 14 years for looking at the neighbor's wife in an adulterous manner. Maud Hampton, she was accused of witchcraft. And by witchcraft, I mean reading. <laughs> and then there was Lynn Dykstra, who committed the carnal crime of serving her husband a dinner that was lukewarm. And John Smith, in jail for abominations involving a goat. Ooh. I don't even want to know the story. There's a rebranding campaign launched by the Turkish government. You know, Turkey, the country. Mm. Yeah, so you always think of food. Of course. They named it after the best food. I know, and their name sounds delicious. It's like there's a country called Roast Beef. Of course I'm going to think of food. Oh, I want to go to Roast Beef. So <laughs> I, I think it probably works in their favor, maybe. But Ro Roast Beef is in the Maldives, if you didn't know where that was. But this is exactly why they're changing it. They want to change it to Turkia. Which is what it actually is. I think it was other countries that, like, I can't say that, and so we'll call you Turkey. That's what happened. <laughs> no, that's, that's what Canadians would do. It's like, I can't pronounce it, it's Turkey. Exactly, or if you have a name that's hard to pronounce, they just shorten it to a nickname yeah. or something. So this is what's happened here over time, and now they're taking it back. Turkey.
They don't want to be associated with the food and the bird either. Why not? Those things are delicious. Well, because turkeys are dumb. They taste delicious, but they're dumb. And the Turkish people, not dumb. Cultural hub. Well, like Shepherdin used to be called Shepherd's Pie. Oh, is that a fact? And, and everyone went there looking for Shepherd's Pie. And like, we can't, we've got to change it back to, to Shepherdin. Eggmanville was Egg Sandwich Town. Yeah. I think Eggmanville rolls off the tongue a little better, though. Brussels used to be called Brussels Sprouts. These are all very uh-huh. funny. You'll get them on the drive home from work. Uh-huh. You'll be thinking, oh, Brussels Sprouts, I get it now. So there was this opossum that walked into this Brooklyn bar. Almost sounds like a setup for a joke, but this happened. Walks in there. There was a woman there named Sarah Fulton, who's now famous because there's this video going around of her just grabbing that opossum. Everyone else in the bar is freaking out. She just grabs it by the scruff. Walks out the door with it, sets it down, goes back to drinking. So this is in New York. <laughs> All the people from New York who have lived there for a while freaking out because it's wildlife in the city. They don't live here. It's like, what do we do? What do we do? So if you're in the city, you just call someone, but not in the country. You just deal with it yourself. So, well, the story ends up that she's not from New York. She's from Alaska. This is the thing. She's from Alaska, and she said, eh, there's wildlife everywhere. There's a family of moose that live in the backyard. I go camping, and there's bears. This is nothing for me to grab a possum and walk out the door with it. Yeah, possum's nothing. <laughs> possum's nothing when you're, you're living with bears and moose. Yeah. Matt and I are telling this story because I want to reiterate that I don't think people in the country realize how remarkable they are to city slickers like me. So I'm going to point to Trisha's dad, and I hope he doesn't mind me telling the story. He got these henlaying... Uh, chicks. Mm. They can't lay eggs yet, but they're, they need a new coop. They need a bigger coop. He was going to buy one, and it, it, if the sale fell through, so he's like, oh, I just decided to build a chicken coop, and he built, on a whim, a full, amazing chicken coop. Yeah, just grabs a couple boards, starts nailing things together. Ah, oh, there's, coop's done. And it's good for, like, a dozen chickens, oh. and he just did it. Like, he didn't watch YouTube videos didn't like call his butt he just by himself was like hammering together an amazing chicken not just a rinky day like it looks fantastic yeah it's like a lot of the people here in Huron county you just do it yeah you just, i built a chicken coop yeah and in the city i'd have to like call and get estimates <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you'd be months maybe years putting that thing in you just go do it when you live in the country. Just, just sinking so much money and Jerry just <laughs> did it in a weekend by himself. <laughs> and he had the stuff. I think he got his some wood from his brother, from Tony. <laughs> That's the other thing with country folk. You have the stuff for some reason. Yeah, I got some wood laying around. Yeah, I figured I'd use it. I got it. a tool for that in the shed, I'm pretty sure. So country people, you amaze me all of the time. This uh, Reddit thread, it's a Ask Reddit. Somebody said, well, what's something weird that happened at somebody's house that you remember? One of the top answers was, I remember going to my Swedish friend's house while we were playing in his room. His mom yelled that dinner was ready. And check this, he told me to wait in his room while they ate. What? You don't invite the friend to the table? So a lot of Swedes have checked in and said, yeah, this is like, this is something we do. If we have company over, we eat dinner and we leave the company in the other room because dinner is family time. That's when we talk with family. That's like our personal family time. Company's not involved in that. But this is amazing on a lot of levels because even locally here, if you're that house where all the kids hang out, there's always one house. And, and then they come over after school and they eat everything. That'd be so expensive right now. I guess so. If there was a rule that said, if you don't live here, you don't eat here, that would help out a lot of families. But I, I've told the story before. I got checked on my table manners once. So I've mentioned before I'm Lebanese-Canadian. With, with any Arab family, 
they make more food at dinner time than you could reasonably eat. The idea, I think, is that everybody can, number one, eat their fill. And if company comes over unexpectedly, there's food for them, too. And it's expected you would always have seconds. It's expected you eat till you can't eat anymore. You eat it up. The idea of seconds never crossed my mind is just that you eat until you can't eat. So when I was dating my first girlfriend, non-Lebanese woman, I remember having dinner with her family and I finished my plate and I just started pouring seconds and she had to take me into the other room later and say, dude, you you poured seconds and you didn't ask. You're so rude. I didn't know you were supposed to ask. Yeah, you always, could, could I have some more, please? Usually they offer, though. A, a good guest would offer, hey, help yourself to more. No, they didn't if offer. If they don't offer, they want that for work tomorrow. That's, that's, why, that's, that's the leftovers for work tomorrow. You don't touch that. I don't <laughs> even think about leftovers. It's just like, did you? But you've experienced this with me. I cooked for you a little while ago. I made us cheesesteaks on the griddle. Oh, I always leave with a full stomach. And you were you able to finish your sandwich? No. It was one of those one of those cartoon sandwiches where there was like so much more meat than bread. I had to ask for a takeout container at your house. Yes, damn right you did. I, I have a similar story when I was a kid going to someone's house. They did this weird thing every time where they had a separate kid's meal. So you'd be called to supper and the adults would be having like this amazing spread of food. I remember one time they had KFC, a bunch of like gourmet stuff, really nice looking food. And then I, I went to go get some food because I was hungry. And they said, no, that's just for the adults. And then they directed me to the stove where there was a pot of macaroni with a little bit of tomato sauce on it. Any uh, seasoning? No basil? No, it, was, it was disgusting. No Parmesan? Just like noodles and sauce? They had a separate kid meal that was just gross. And I'm like, I want KFC. No, no, that's just for the adults. Oh boy, wasn't that isn't that weird? <laughs> like the, I guess those kids did look like malnourished. Yeah, I those guess friends. So. Do you still talk to those friends? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> they died of scurvy. The Country One Hundred Four Point Nine Mornings with Matt and Fatty Podcast.